Hey everybody, you're listening to Sew This One Time with your host, Steph Wilson. today's episode of So This One Time. In a previous episode, I talked about my time at the DMZ while studying abroad in South Korea um, during the time that I was getting my master's degree with Florida State University. So I want to tell you actually how I got into graduate school because it's a very unconventional story. I have been a Florida State Seminole fan since I was seven years old, and sometimes that's a very painful thing, by the way, um, with their football record being either amazing or just non-existent, but I definitely have always bled garnet and gold. When I graduated high school, I had a full ride lined up to Syracuse University, and I think that year Florida State was ranked the number one party school in the nation, so going there was really kind of out of the question for me. But in my late 20s, when I was starting to get the itch to go back to graduate school, it was 50% because I I always wanted an MBA. Um, Not that I I always needed to to have it specifically for a career career goal I had in mind. I just always wanted to say that I had a post-graduate degree of some sort. And then the other 50% was I was dying to be a Florida State alumni and just be not just a fan, but that be my school. So the combination of that made my selection of where I wanted to go to graduate school pretty simple. It was going to be FSU or nothing at all. Uh, However, to back up a little bit, um, when I was in fourth grade, you know, my teacher started to notice that I process things differently, I think differently, and it was pretty evident from a young age that I was dyslexic. However, that's not something that was ever shared to me as a child because I was always hell-bent um, on figuring things out and finding ways of, I'll do it, I'll do it, I, I'm i going to figure it out. And that determination and tenacity was something that, you know, my role models and, and my mother feared that if I knew that I had a challenge, that it might stifle that, and they didn't want that and weren't going to bring it up if I, unless it got to the point where I really needed some assistance and, and someone to intervene. Um, so having said that, I've always, you know, had a struggle with reading comprehension and those types of things, but I pay attention and I'm resourceful. So my grades never were affected by my dyslexia, but how I learned and how I took tests and things of that nature definitely were affected. So when it came time to take the SAT, Oh God, like it was like torturous for me, putting me in a quiet room with a timer and all of a sudden, you know, the questions just, they were words and I couldn't even tell you what the words meant. And I remember it like it was yesterday and 
Lucky back then I was a very well-rounded student with volunteering and sports and I had a really good GPA so getting the full ride wasn't um, didn't depend on getting a super high SAT score. I'm lucky for me I did well in the math section but I digress to the point of to get into graduate school you have to go and take the GMAT and so here I am having nightmares over taking an SAT-like test all over again. I go and I sit for it and I, I won't forget, like, I get into that room and it, you could, like, you could hear a pin drop and I sit down and I'm trying to read the questions and I'm reading a question again and I'm reading a question again and I know this is a time test, right? And all I see is words and I can't decipher the meaning of the words and I, of course, my anxiety just starts magnifying my challenges. And then this person next to me starts clicking their pen, like, obsessively. And I, I just, inside my body, I had a meltdown. But I, I tried to push through the best I could, did a little bit of Christmas training for the purpose of time. And needless to say, I got a score on my GMAT that no institution would be interested in. However, I thought, okay, I have a good career well-rounded individual, I'll write a letter of explanation, I'm going to apply anyway. So this was in June, and they came back and said, um, no, you know, we are going to reject your application, and it's solely due to your GMAT scores. They were pretty clear that they have a minimum requirement, and that I need to make that minimum requirement to be considered um, as, as a potential student. So I felt really defeated and a little heartbroken. And, you know, now that I'm older, you know, I'm 39, I, I think I would have taken that maybe as a sign. But and I still have a nobody's going to stop me when I have an idea in my head type of mentality. But back then it was even stronger. And I went home and said, all right, I'm not capable of taking this test. So I need to find out another way. But the other way didn't really present itself at the time. So I kind of let it go not giving up but just kind of tabled it and thought all right you know maybe i need to explore tutors or i need to read books on on you know how to get through that test if you you know whatever but about three weeks later because i had applied i now was on their newsletter emails whatever and it came in that the head of the school of business the dean was going to be in orlando florida giving a talk with one of the head economics professors for the um, Alumni Association of Florida State University. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. So I buy a ticket, I think it was like 20 bucks. I spruce up my resume. I put on the like nicest business suit that I had to my name, which probably came from Ross, but still I looked good. I grabbed my little leather, I wouldn't call it like a, a briefcase like you would think, but like, it's like a little portfolio with a handle, very nice. I looked polished. I put my hair back in a French twist, and I, I mean, I, I think I was, what was I, 28 maybe at the time, 29, and I just tried to look as sophisticated as I could. And I went and I listened to him speak, and then the economics professor speak, and I'm not really into economics, it's not my forte, but I, I listened as intently as possible also while completely working up the courage. Because, you know, sometimes people forget when somebody like 
does ballsy things a lot that it's easy and it's never easy. You always are nervous and you never want, like fear of rejection, it's always something that's there. It never completely subsides or goes away, even if you are used to putting yourself out there. And, you know, so I I, I was trying not to, to have sweaty palms, but at the end of the speeches and the talks, was a little bit of a, a mingle. You can go and get a drink. You can, I think there were a few hors d'oeuvres and then you can network with your fellow quote unquote alumni, but I wasn't an alumni, but so I, anyway, I zero in on that Dean. I walk straight up to him. I hand him my business card. I shake his hand and I give him my resume. And I said, Dean, I forget his name. Forgive me. I said, my name is Stephanie Wilson and I am not able to take the GMAT due to some challenges I have to get the score that you are going to need from me to be a part of your school. But I want to come to your graduate school. Here is my resume. This was my GPA when I went to undergrad. This was my GPA in high school. I am asking you to go back to Tallahassee and to consider letting me into grad school on probation for one semester. You tell me what classes you want me to take and you tell me what grades you want me to make and I will prove to you that I am not a risk and that I will not bomb your statistics, you know, because I'm gonna flunk out of graduate school. And then after that semester that I provide you the grades that you want, taking the classes that you tell me I need to take, I wanna be admitted as a full-time graduate person. Now, this was a lofty, gutsy thing to say because I wasn't applying for an executive MBA, the kind where they're a little bit more, I would say, sensitive to the fact that you have a full-time job. This was a, a full-fledged MBA program, and they did it in two years, and it, it was full-on. And uh, we spoke for a few more minutes, and he thanked me for my time, shook my hand, and said that, you know, he'll, he'll ponder it and... and Get back to me either way. A couple weeks went by and I received a letter in the mail from Florida State University. He let me in provisionally for one semester, pending that I get the grades that he said I needed to get, taking the classes that I needed to take that were listed in this letter. And I looked at that letter in complete and utter disbelief because if I would have stuck with the parameters that they had set with how you go about getting into grad school, I assure you, without a doubt in my mind, I never would have been able to get a test score high enough on that GMAT to get into that program. But because I walked in, looked him in the eye, and asked him to take a chance on me and created a scenario that was a lower risk scenario than just taking a chance on a stranger that you really don't know anything about, got me in there. And I wouldn't be sitting here today with an MBA like I have without having the tenacity to walk in there, take a chance. I knew my worth. I knew I could do it. I didn't doubt my abilities, even though I have challenges. I knew that I was going to do what it took and that kind of confidence is what you need in those situations. And I truly believe it was how I carried myself when I walked up to him 
that was a big part of him going, you know what, we're going to give this girl a chance. And I wonder how many people have ever walked up to him without a request. And I will tell you, that first semester kicked my rear end. I mean, I was given business law that first semester. And I cannot even begin to tell you the all-nighters that I pulled while working full-time, Why also taking artistic and creative classes um, and having other things and obligations um, and a dog to take care of all of it, I got my rear end kicked from the end of August to middle of December, but I did it. I didn't know how, but I did it. I found it within myself and it is something that I often refer back to when I'm trying to accomplish a goal and it's not working out or there's roadblocks. Before I give up, before I I say to myself, is this not meant to be? Is the universe trying to tell me no? I always give myself the graduate school litmus test. And I sit down and I go, there's a way around this roadblock and I'm gonna give it a shot. And then if that doesn't work, I'll take it as a sign from the universe that there's something better or different out there for me. But I never walk away from roadblocks and take them as a no until I try to work around and get creative and think of a way that something can be accomplished. So I hope that story offers any of you out there a little bit of inspiration. If you have any challenges like I do, or if you're trying to accomplish something and it's just not working out in the traditional sense, don't discard the opportunity to be creative, but it might involve really having to put yourself out there. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll talk to you next time.